1: is NFL Not Sunday with Ryan Hannibal, Kirk Minahan, Rich Keith, and Christian Fourier, the ultimate football podcast. Let's get started with NFL Not Sunday. Now here's Ryan Hannibal.
0: Welcome back to the Not Sunday podcast with the NFL Combine just wrapping up on Monday. No better guest to join us than Tony Pauline of DraftAnalyst.com. He knows the draft probably better than anyone. Tony, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know it was probably a busy last week or so. What were your general takeaways from the Combine?
1: I think that Saquon Barkley established himself far and away as the best prospect in this year's draft. I think Bradley Chubb is a close number two. I think Josh Allen really helped himself. Um, I mean, there were a few surprises. I thought Cortland Sutton did better. The receiver did better than was expected. I like what uh, Calvin Davis of Auburn did today. And I think little by little, the NFL <coughs> is turning the uh, combine, which was one time a great scouting event, into a full-blown media event, and a lot of people are not too happy about it. And this has been every combine since 2001. It gets more and more uh, commercialized every year, and I know the teams are not very happy about the whole situation.
0: How do you feel about that? Do you, do you like you know, the NFL experience and all the fans being there and, and all the media in different rooms? Do you like that?
1: Not at all. I mean, you know, because I, I'm, I'm a scout at heart in the sense that I watch college game film 12 months a year, and, and I, you know, I understand why it, they do it, but I think it's detracting from the scouting side of it. And I think what's going to happen, the next thing, that, and I've written about it a couple times, I wrote about it at the start of this year's Combine, I wrote about it at the end of last year's Combine, eventually the players who participate in the Combine are going to demand appearance fees, because what they're doing is, you know, they're basically market—they're marketing it, and they're uh, monetizing it, and, and the players, you know, who go there, who basically everyone goes to watch, and the NFL uh, network draws its ratings over, are going to want their piece of the action, so... Um you know it, it was it was in my point in my point of view it was more fun when it was sort of a lockdown KGB type of event uh, but I've seen the transformation we've gone from one extreme where it was almost impossible to get information unless it leaked out to the other extreme where you know you, you got crowds of people there cheering during the bench press
0: yeah I I think I saw a report today that there it might be they might move you know different cities every year do you see a scenario where it moves out of Indianapolis
1: yeah, I had heard that uh, today as well, and, and I heard that, that you know teams are preparing for it to possibly move to Atlanta next year. And again, it's not because of. Well, let's start off with the fact that it's always been in Indianapolis because Indianapolis is centrally located, and for years Florida tried to get the, uh, the combine down there. You know, with, with the basically but the fact that you know it's it's nicer weather. The end of February. That's when the combine was always held. That then in, in uh, Florida, South Florida, than it is in Indianapolis. And the team said, "No, we like Indianapolis. It's centrally located, and they way, the way they have it all set up, where the hotels are connected <clears throat> via a walkway, and you really don't have to walk outside. You know, they like that. You know, if they move it, it it's going to again be because they want to monetize it for commercial reasons, as opposed to skip sc- for scouting reasons or for the reasons of making it easier for the teams, uh, I mean that may happen. I think uh, I think a lot of the teams are not going to be happy about it. And Like I said, I think uh, players are going to want to start uh, want to start receiving appearance fees because the the more you monetize it, they're going to want their piece of the pie.
0: Exactly right. All right, let's get into this draft class and from my perspective at least it feels like the quarterbacks and the running backs are a pretty sp- strong group from top top to bottom It's pretty deep and um, the other side of the spectrum the linebackers maybe the offensive tackles are are pretty weak. Do you agree with with that assessment and you know what do you see as the strength of this draft and maybe the weaknesses?
1: Well, I don't think it's a deep quarterback draft. I think you do have some talent at the top, you know, you've got your top 4 uh, maybe six guys in there, uh, but then it really falls off. And, and even some of those top guys are not uh, are not guaranteed, thing, uh, guaranteed uh, guarantees at the next level. Obviously, the running back class is deep. You can get good running backs the second day of the draft. When I say good running backs, feature running backs, and you can get situational players through the fourth and fifth round. Uh, the, the tight end class is solid. It's not great. I think you're going to get productive tight ends out of this year's uh, class. I don't know there's a whole lot of number one. There's not a lot of field stretchers, but you're going to get productive number twos. Um, I think the offensive tackle class, as you said, is not very good. It's a decent pass rusher class. You know, the linebacker class is not bad. Uh, You you, you got a little bit of everything. You know, you you got some outstanding pursuit linebackers like Roquan Smith. You got some tremendous three down players uh, like Leighton Vanderesh. You got some forceful linebackers. Uh, like Tremaine Edmonds, and, and, and you've got some underrated guys, such as uh, Lorenzo Carter, and, and there's some depth there. I also think the uh, the cornerback class is pretty deep. Maybe not a whole lot of number ones, but guys that can be number two cornerbacks and start the next level, <clears throat> I think it's a rather poor safety class. You may have some good, strong safeties, but there aren't very many rangey center field free safety is available.
0: Mm-hmm. And from a Patriots perspective, did you hear anything this week that stood out in your mind as to you know, what they're thinking or anything Patriots related?
1: No, I think I posted yesterday they do like Josh Sweat as a pass rusher off the edge before outside linebacker. I had heard uh, early on that they like Quinn, Quinn Blanding, although that's more of a, a middle-round choice to safety from Virginia because he can play special teams as well as play safety. As far as what they're going
0: to do early on, it's, as is the case every year with the Patriots, is anybody's guess. Yep. Well, let's get to the quarterbacks. What do you think the Patriots might be looking at as a quarterback? Because obviously they're not going to get you know the the top three or four guys. What do you see them doing? Do You see them maybe waiting until to the second round when they have two second round picks, or maybe a third round, or do they have to use you know a first round pick to insert ensure that they get a solid guy?
1: Well, I don't don't know who that guy would be in the first round that they would take unless they, you know, think Lamar Jackson uh, is their guy and that they can develop. So, really, you know, after your top four guys, it kind of falls off a cliff depending on on what you feel about Lamar Jackson, who I liked, but he did not do well at the uh, senior bowl. I I mean, two guys to keep uh, in mind for them late in the third round or if they're available in the fourth round, either Mason Rudolph or Mike White. You know, two guys... Need some time, need some development. I especially like Mike White of Western Kentucky. He's a smart guy. He's got some, uh, he's got some growth potential. I think he could be a very good quarterback down the road with proper training and an NFL weight conditioning program. Mason Rudolph has a decent arm, but he needs a lot of work on his game. And those are the types of guys I think that the Patriots would look at in the middle rounds if they, in fact, want to go quarterback. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're not buying into the Kyle Lotta hype.
1: size he's got an average arm he's more of an anticipation passer i just don't believe he's got the physical skills for the next level now there are some teams that do like him i mean i talked to a couple of people who think he can be a fourth or fifth round pick i'm just not one
0: of them i I heard some people say they could see him going in the second and third round you think that's not 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 a possibility from my perspective no you know it only takes one team right Uh, but from
1: my perspective no the quarterbacks are usually always overhyped leading up to the draft and then the uh reality sets in uh, I, I you know I, I don't know what he's done to deserve a, a second or third round pick it's not like he's the biggest guy in the world and you know he's gonna get much, he doesn't have a strong arm to begin with and he doesn't have a great amount of growth potential where you can say two or three years down the road his arms gonna be much stronger I just don't see it with
0: him uh, another guy connected to the Patriot's Luke Falk what, what do you see out of him you, do you, you don't see you see him slipping down to the fourth round even or do you see him going higher and maybe the Patriots just don't want him you
1: know, I had him as a, uh, a second-round pick, but he really did not do well at the combine. I think he tried to show that he had a strong arm, and as a result, the passes were all over the place. Luke Falk is usually a very good anticipation thrower. He gets it between the ears. He does a good job with his reads. For the most part, he stays away from the bad passes or, or the, the bad mistakes. Uh, I was surprised by his uh, combine workout, how poor it was, because I was, was expecting a lot. I mean, he did have a hurt wrist last year, which I think, uh, not throwing wrist, which I think uh, hurt a lot of his development. And in that Mike Leach system, it's kind of a, a quick read and throw, so you're not always throwing with uh, proper fundamentals with good leg drive or, 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 or uh, moving your hips into the throw. I, I think that, you know, if he's there late in the third, that ha- that would be a consideration. He, but, again, he's a guy, you know, that needs coaching and needs time, and I think the Patriots have both.
0: Uh. You mentioned Mike White. I actually I like him as sort of my dark horse pick for a potential Patriots draft pick. What do you like out of him, and what stands out in, in his game in your mind? I know he was a, a high school pitcher, so I'm sure he has a strong arm. That stands out. But what else do you see?
1: Yeah, you got to be careful that, because throwing a baseball is completely different from throwing a football. But, you know, White, when you watch him on film, he's like Luke Falk. I mean, he's, in a lot of ways, I hate to say you know, I don't want to... Go out on a limb here, but he's like Tom Brady. When uh, Brady came into the league as a sixth-round pick, you know he gets it between the ears. He has a lot of great intangibles. Got a decent arm, not a great arm, but I think he's got some room for uh, physical development, Uh, and he could could have a much stronger arm two or three years down the road. He's not a real mobile guy. He's more of a pocket passer. Doesn't make a lot of poor mistakes. Had a terrific combine. I mean, really, I thought his throwing combine was one of the best up there. And while everyone was focused on Josh Allen Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield Lamar Jackson you know Mike White just snuck up on people and and he was very accurate which he is on film he's just not a true vertical uh, passer yet Uh, but I think he's the type of guy that you develop for a year or two and you could have a player on your hands
0: is there a guy in the NFL that you can compare him to right now
1: uh you know I usually don't like doing those comparisons uh uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You can yeah, pass. Not a big deal. He's not, yeah, he's not. He's not Garoppolo because Garoppolo had a much quicker release and much better arm, and, and, and Garoppolo was very it was, it was accuracy. He just got the ball to the receiver quick. Yeah, uh, I think that would be a tough, tough comparison.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Garoppolo, some people have compared Laleta to Garoppolo. Do you see any of the, of the same things there? I mean, the quicker release, maybe, and maybe the, a little bit of the athleticism, but do you see anything you know, that stands out between those two? Flo Letta to Garoppolo. Uh, no, uh,
1: Garoppolo, is, Garoppolo is a pretty special guy. I remember Garoppolo through that whole process, uh, watching him at the Shrine game, and, and he was right on the money from the get-go. I mean, you could tell he had it, and then a week later he played the Senior Bowl. Uh, very tough Very tough comparison there, because I, I think Garoppolo's got the potential to be a really good, uh, he already is a, a good NFL quarterback. I, I think if they protect him and give him some weapons. San Francisco, is going to be a special quarterback. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you think it was strange at all that the Patriots didn't have any of their offensive coaches there and maybe put them a little bit behind it in interviewing these prospects? Or do you think that's overrated and they can sort of get whatever they need with the, the pro days and the official visits?
1: You know, the Patriots do a good job. And you really you can't really knock them. I mean, the, the bottom line is Belichick was there, and he makes the final call. So, uh, I is it strange? Yeah, yeah, it is a little bit strange. But you know, it, if it doesn't reap fruition in the 2018 draft, if they don't, if the offensive players that they take turn out to be not very good, turn out to be bust, then we know it was the wrong move. But you know, I'm not going to criticize. I can't criticize the Patriots considering their process and how you know, how fruitful and how rewarding it's been for the franchise the past uh, 15 years. Mm -hmm.
0: I saw in one of your mock drafts you you had Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama going to the Patriots in the first round. Who are some other guys you could potentially see them taking with that pick number 31, maybe some other edge rushers or linebackers that might be available there?
1: Well, I I mean, it depends on which edge rusher falls. I I think Lorenzo Carter of Georgia has got to be a consideration, in my opinion. He's a terrific 3-4 uh, outside linebacker prospect. He he has a little bit of Leonard Floyd in his game. Uh, he's a guy who's really overlooked. Uh, he can get some pressure up the field. Uh, I think his combine workout yesterday really helped him. Uh, he may go a little bit earlier than the Patriots, but there were some teams that reported on directanalyst.com last night. There were some teams that uh, medically red flagged him uh, because of prior prior issues, so you got to wait and watch. Uh, but I, I think that's really good because the pass rushers are going to go early. If you're looking like later rounds, you know, maybe uh, Hercules Madaafa Mata from mm-hmm. uh, Washington State would be a good pick somewhere around the third round area if he's available. Played defensive end as a sophomore, played defensive tackle last year at, at Washington State, but he's a guy I think that can stand up and cause a lot of havoc up the field. Uh, one of the two Louisville kids in the last day, James Hearns, uh, is a uh, is, would be a consideration, as would the young kid from uh, Louisville. Those are both guys that can, again, stand up and get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think Harold Landry will be gone by the time the Patriots pick?
1: I think he'll be long gone. I think he could go to the Packers. He could go to the Steelers. I, I'd be very surprised if he's there. If he is available when the Patriots select, it could be because there were medical red flags that
0: popped up on him. Right, right. What about running back, Sonny Michel? He got a lot of buzz around here in the wing on the area when he said that he met with the Patriots. Obviously, you know, those meetings are kind of overrated, but it definitely got a lot of buzz around here. Do you think there's any chance he could fall to them?
1: I think he will be there for them. You know, uh, I, I was going to report tonight that, uh, you know, the interviews with Sonny Michel, some teams they didn't go all too well. I've heard that Sonny Michel was basically showing film uh, of a place that he was involved with that he really didn't have any idea as to what was going on, where he was, or what was going to happen, which turned a lot of teams off. He's a physically gifted uh, ball carrier. He's got tremendous quickness. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. He, you know, what, what, what I heard about the interviews was kind of disturbing, uh, threw up a red flag. I, and I think also the thing with Michelle is you don't know how he's going to react to being the feature back at the next level. He never really was a, a feature back at Georgia. Last year there was is basically a three back system with Nick Chubb and, and the freshman that they had. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of potential. You may have to use him in a, in a sort of a, uh, a watered down playbook and ease him into the uh, system. Um, but again, you know we're talking about the Patriots and the one thing that the Patriots do is they coach players up. They get the maximum amount of players. So if, if anyone's gonna. Get the most out of Sonny Michelle, I think it would be Bill Belichick and company.
0: Mm. Do you see a strength of this draft being the you know middle rounds, like the third, fourth, fifth rounds? Like, could you potentially see a snare with the Patriots maybe trade one of their second rounders to get more picks in those you know middle rounds, or is this a draft where you should stay up top and pick the guys up top? It depends on what
1: position you're looking at. You know, if you want a receiver, you better get one quick because the talent really falls off. If you're looking at multiple running backs you could potentially trade back into the middle rounds and come away with, uh, you know, multiple running backs. I, I think it depends, you, you know, when you're a team like the Patriots, you're going to pick and choose. You don't, you know, you want to go best player available, but you want to go best player available at certain positions. So uh, I think for the Patriots, it's more a situation, what, what positions that they're going to target and then make the decision as, as to whether or not they're going to trade back. And, and one thing that they have done so incredibly well in the years is, you know, they trade uh, picks this year to get earlier picks in the following year. Or they, they trade a pick in a draft now to get multiple picks and earlier picks in future drafts. So, you know, that may also be a consideration based on their past history.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you hear anything at the combine about Brett Belima being, you know, with, with the Patriots group and, and anything, you know, with with what his status might be with the future? Was it more of just Belichick maybe doing him a favor?
1: I did not hear anything about that, no.
0: Okay. So my last one is with your. I don't know if you've had a mock draft since the combine. If you're working on it now, but who do you project the Patriots to pick in the in the first round? Uh, you
1: know, I, I have not done one. I really haven't thought about it. Uh, I had Ronnie Harrison. I put some notes together, but uh, I'm sure I'll have a mock draft in the. In a week or two, you know, you can't get too crazy about mock drafts, especially right now. Especially, you can't really ever get crazy about mock drafts because one trade will throw the whole thing off. But you know, we got free agency staring us in the face in about uh, seven days. Um, and, and that will change everything on a moment's notice.
0: Mm, and the last one for me. How much do the 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 pro days and the official visits go into you know the, these decisions? Like, does a lot of things change with teams thinking when they get these people into the facilities for their official visits and go to their pro days and meet with these players, or can they get a good idea you know in that fifteen minutes and watching guys on tape what what they have? Basically, so a a lot can change between now and, and the in the actual draft. Is that accurate.
1: I mean, much can change. I mean, the official visits, they're not going to fly guys in and pay all the money to fly them in unless they have a genuine interest in those players. And what happens with the official visits is, you got to remember, they also do medical exams there. And as we're seeing now with more research, you know, everybody talks about the 40s and the vertical jumps at the combine. It's the medical exams that are the most important. And the medical exams at the, uh, uh, during the pro day visits are also very important sometimes you bring in uh, guys that were not combine invitees, and they're going to uh, they're going to medically examine them. The thing about pro days is, oftentimes pro days uh, specific coaches will ask quarterbacks to make specific passes, or receivers to run specific routes, or defensive backs to you know do, uh, participate in specific techniques, which they're not allowed to do, and which they usually don't do at the combine because they they don't run the combine; they're up in the stands uh, watching, but. You know, time and time again, a coach may ask a quarterback at a pro day to throw a specific pass that is pertinent or relevant to their offense, and that will go a long way in determining whether or not that player will be on that team's board.
0: Perfect, hey Tony Simmons, thanks so much for your great insight. Everyone can follow you on Twitter at Tony Pauline and check out your stuff, which is pretty much updated every day at Draft Thanks so much. Thanks
1: for having me.